the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome to Briefcast 27 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in again. And if this is your first time, I want to encourage you guys to go back and listen to past briefcasts and full-fledged episodes with my special teams unit. And uh, that's Eddie Robinson, former NFL linebacker, or my co-host for KTSU Sports Talk, Kevin Allen, or my brother Biscuit. So all of those people who usually join me on full-fledged episodes hadn't done one in a while. And if you listen to each briefcast, of course, you know that this is kind of repetitive. I kind of say the same thing. But, uh, you know, each time out, we have new folks listening from all over the country and all over the world. And we want to let them know that there are more dimensions than just the briefcast. We do a lot more, and we have a lot more in store. So before we get started with Briefcast 27, want to remind you, you can uh, to subscribe, to like, to comment wherever you have the podcast so I can see those things and see what you feel and what you like. Furthermore, you can follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And of course, you can find me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page fan page and the group you can like one and join the other however it goes join the group and like the fan page and that way we can be interactive even more so and i do read your comments and it does influence what we talk about how we talk about things and uh, that'll come to fruition a little bit later on in this briefcast now coming up in briefcast 27 all about the nba finals going to talk about kevin durant his injury the nba finals as a series the media's take on all of these things, Toronto fans, and uh, we'll talk about the series moving forward. In addition to that, we'll have a We the People segment where I will read your comments. So, so far, folks have already been commenting quite a bit on their take on Kevin Durant playing last night before the injury. So we'll get into that in the second half of the show. We'll talk David Ortiz, and we'll talk about the Houston Texans. And before we get out of here, of course, we'll have a Lamont Award. I have another Lamont Award for somebody that is a big dummy. And we'll get into that. And of course, before I let go. So let's get started. So where do we begin with this entire thing? I think first and foremost, the first question you have to ask yourself is, should Kevin Durant have played at all? Now, a lot of revisionists are saying, oh, well, you know, of course he shouldn't have played. Look at what happened. Look at the result. Look at how all of these things happened. He was forced to play. First of all, look, Kevin Durant is a grown man. If he wanted to play, he should have played. Now, I ask you guys the question about that, and I'll talk about it in the uh, We The People segment, but of course he should have played if he wanted to play. Now, he understood the circumstances. He also had multiple, I'm sure, multiple medical opinions. A guy like that is not just going to depend on his team doctors. He has personal physicians. He has folks that he counsels with on his health and everything else. I do think he was well aware of everything. The, the consensus was going into the game that he couldn't further injure himself based on where he was in the healing process. Whether you believe that or not, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it wasn't the Golden State Warriors that pressured him in the plane. It wasn't social media that pressured him in the plane. He made the decision to play. So if it was his decision to play, then guess what? It's on him. He was cleared. 
He was cleared to play. Now they can say, well, well he didn't have a minutes restriction. Well, he, you know, that is a, a, an entirely different conversation. If he wanted to play, if the doctor said he was okay to play, that his injury wouldn't be any more severe if he played, then he did what he wanted to do. I also want to get into this thing. People act like Kevin Durant died. A Kevin Durant is a multi multi millionaire, and I don't want to, I don't want to minimize the severity of an injury like that and what it could mean could mean to his career. But the reality is, he's gonna he's gonna pick up if he if nothing else, he can pick up a thirty one million dollar option next year because he probably won't play. I guess the shortest amount of time a major NBA player came back from a injury of the Achilles. 237 days so he'll probably miss most if not all of next season and that's you know that it that is what it is and that's terrible but he's gonna sign either a max deal or a super max deal he'll be fine so I, and there's a lot of sadness a lot of tears and i can understand i can understand it from the organization and i can understand it from his teammates because they live with this guy for nine months out of the year and they have for the last three or four years how many however long he's been there and, and these guys are with him. They know how hard he works. They know what he feels like. They know who he is as a person. And we heard the GM last night crying and, you know, saying that, oh, yeah, you, if you have to blame anybody, it's it's me. Well, you know, nobody can be blamed on this situation. If it was me knowing that, okay, the doctor says he's okay and he hadn't played in, in 30 plus days, the doctor says he's okay, his doctor say he's okay, he feels like he can play, then guess what? We're down 3-1 in this series, play. Now, again, if, you, if you're not ready to play, why would I force you to play anyway? First of all, if you can't help, if you're hurt, if you truly hurt and you can't play, you can't help the team anyway. So why would you force somebody to play if they cannot help you win? So I don't, you know, I think a lot of this is revisionist history oh i mean and think about this everybody everybody wanted to see kevin durant play in this series i'm probably the only person to say no i don't want to see him play i want to see if this team can do do it without him and i want to see what that will mean for the offseason and the free agency now the media the, the other thing that's kind of irked me a little bit today is that oh you know he should have been selfish he, he needs to play only for himself and for his money. And I, yeah, I get it. And I understand that. But our heroes, the people who we love, and think about this. If every athlete sat out and didn't play because of their own financial interest, there will be a lot less folks playing in, in games and situations where they can become the heroes that we, we tune in to watch. I started with my love of football. And everybody in football, you 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 get you are the hero when you play hurt. And now again, does that go against your own financial interest? Yeah, but but you know our heroes are the ones that can dig deep through adversity and come through. Look at the Michael Jordan flu game or the Kirk Gibson uh, home run in the, in the World Series where he never should have been out there on the field. Now, again, if it doesn't pan out, then you'll have the other side of it where you have the Bill Buckner situation where he couldn't make a play because he wasn't healthy and he, he was a GOAT for a long time. And, of course, he recently passed, and we talked about that. But, but again, our heroes come from that those courageous moments when you get up off the deck and you maybe you shouldn't play and maybe you, you know, you're sacrificing yourself and your health 
for this moment. This is not the first round of the playoffs. This is not uh, this is not the Western Conference Finals. This is the NBA Finals. Your team is down three to one. You going for the three peep. This is your legacy, and you feel like okay, I can get out there and make a difference and get our team back in this. And, and really, for the first quarter and three minutes, two and a half minutes, he did just that. Three for three from three-point line, 11 points, looking incredible. He looked incredible. He played incredible, and it looked like it was going to get away from uh, Toronto really, really quickly. So, again, he made the decision to play. It looked like it worked out. Nobody foresaw this. Nobody, and, and everybody wants to blame the organization. And, oh, they, now they, you know, all these people, they wanted him to play. And, now, you know, they want to be nice to him now that he's hurt. But they, you know, like, I think these, the these athletes, the commentators, a lot of these people, they don't really understand. They say, well, we only, they, they only care about you for what you can do for them. Hey, that's not exactly true. Okay, look, they, we just had the TriStar show here where a lot of former athletes came and a lot of people went out and and took pictures with these guys, paid to take pictures with these guys, paid for autographs, paid for an opportunity to meet these people who no longer play. So, yeah, but by and large, you know, in life, if you're not a commodity, if you're not an asset, then you're a liability and people are not going to want you around. It, go to your job. And if you are not an asset to that job, guess what? You're out of there, no matter how they feel about you. So let's get away from this. Oh, they only care about them because of what they can do on the field. Well, yeah, the whole world is like that. The whole world is about what you probably have a handful of people who love you for you. Everybody else, you either have to be an asset or you're a liability. So let's let's stop that. Oh, they don't care about these athletes. Okay, well, yeah, they don't care about actors. You make a bad movie, they don't care about actors. They don't care. Look, we grew up on New Edition. If New Edition, they, when they stop making hits, guess what? Now one of them is selling real estate. He's doing something else. You know, they've sort of blended back into the population. We love greatness. We love what people can do to excite and entertain us. That's the nature of it. For me, personally, as long as I'm entertaining and informative, then, hey, people will tune in. If I'm not, they won't. That's just, you know, I, this this super... What do you want? I, I just don't understand what some of these media folks. Jalen Rose was the one, oh, and and cousins got upset. And oh yeah, that you know, that's the nature of the beast, man. People people want you for what you can do for them. Now again, and that's not even exactly true for athletes because look, how many people line up to? I mean, think we still talk about love your blue, and we have a place in our heart for Earl Campbell and. And uh, look, when Bum Phillips passed away, the whole city got behind him. He wasn't even an athlete. He was just a part of the football. He was the football coach. I mean, there's so many athletes that get and enjoy love and have a second and third career after their sport because we still love them. So let's kill the drama. There are people who are going to love Kevin Durant, um, whether he produced for them or not. I mean, again, it, I just get irked by that. Like, oh, you know, they're just a piece of meat. Guess what? On your job, you're just a piece of meat. I don't know what you do, but nobody's hiring you to be a liability to their workplace. So let's get past that. Because, again, at the end of the day, you know, these guys enjoy a lot of love and financial riches beyond compare. And, and at the very least, he's going to make $31 million. But, yeah, if he wanted to play, he should have played. Now, again, this was a – the other thing I want to talk about, too, are the Toronto fans. Now, again, that was for, for those who – really were waving at him and taunting him. I mean, he didn't see it, but that that was low down and that was unnecessary. And that was, you know, that wasn't good at all. And But they said, again, if you were in the arena, the majority of the folks 
really did they cheered for him and then they started calling out his name but and i could see in the moment for a split second you saying oh it, as you you in the intensity of this game and you and he goes down you're like oh man this is good for my team before you catch yourself and say well wait a minute you know this is a human being i think it's inexcusable to taunt somebody that's hurt that's crazy that's just that's just not cool at all but i think that the majority of the fans in Toronto and I'm sure around Canada aren't like that. Now, Philadelphia might be a different case. Might be a different situation, but I think it's always bad to root or celebrate somebody getting injured in real life. And, and I think furthermore, if you're a real fan, you want your team because, look, I lived it here in Houston. If you're a Houston fan, you know this. Well, you only won because Jordan went to play baseball. Well, Jordan was there for the second run and didn't get back to the NBA Finals. So let's let's chill on that. And I think in 93-94, they would have beat him. So they would have beat the Chicago Bulls. But we forever and a day, we have to listen to, well, Jordan wasn't there, so that's why the Rockets won. Don't you think the Toronto fans will hear this for the for the to the end of time that well you you know you only won that series because Kevin Durant was down. So if, if you if, if you're a true fan of the Toronto Raptors, you want Durant in that game. If you are anybody other than the opponents, you 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 want him there because again that means you have a valid victory. People will try to nullify or, or take your victory down a notch because Kevin Durant didn't play. And and so, you know, the fans, for the few fans that were really like the one guy that was waving at him, that was that was absolutely horrible. Uh, but for the most part, from what I've heard from folks who were in the arena where there were a handful of folks who cheered because he was injured, but the rest of the folks were cheering him on. And again, I did hear the chants of KD, KD, KD. And so, again, from that standpoint, just in a very – I've never seen anything like this. And this is what we love about sports, to the opportunity, the potential to see something you've never seen. So I see a team come up with a dramatic victory last night, which, again, you cannot say enough about Steph and Clay. And I want to get into the timeout, but just the performance by those two guys, I thought Cousins played well last night. I thought that was huge for them. But to win, and in that split second, you think, okay, well, now our guy's not here. So, yeah, we won, but there's a, a bigger loss. Emotionally, this is a tough, tough series. It was very – I was crestfallen. When Durant went down, I was like, man, that is just – that's terrible. I mean, it was terrible for the series. It was terrible for the game. Of course, it's terrible for him. It was rough, but, again, those guys rebounded, and I thought they were done. So they were down by six with three minutes left. And those guys came up with plays. I thought the officiating did not do Golden State any favors. I tweeted about it. I thought that there were calls. There were 50-50 calls that could have went either way. And they went against Golden State. So I thought, you know, I, I really thought that but I don't I would not have called the offensive foul on Cousins with 15 seconds left. But Draymond Green came up with a huge play and they win the game. So let's talk about the Nick Nurse timeout. They go on this run. Durant, uh, actually, uh, Kawhi Leonard, goes on a, a one-man 10-0 run or a 10-point run where he had all 10 points, two three-pointers and, and a two-pointer. I mean, this dude was phenomenal for that short stretch. They come back with a little bit over three minutes left. He calls a timeout. The coach does for Toronto. Now, was that the wrong timeout to call? Well, in retrospect, yeah, of course it was. And I think it did cost them. But I don't, at the same time, I don't blame him for taking the timeout. 
here's how many times have we seen like a team in a two minute drill and they're going down the field in football and they have the defenders on their heels and yet they call a timeout to regroup and make sure they're doing the right thing. I thought if he would have had a, a sufficient play coming out of that timeout and they would have scored, then all it would have been like, okay, now we can catch our breath. Let's finish this thing. Let's go for the kill shot now. So I don't fault him for taking a timeout, but it did cost them because I thought Golden State were on their heels. They were reeling. After that timeout, they were able to make that run and come back. The last shot, Kawhi got rid of the basketball. Hey, he made the play he thought he had to make, and it was a, a really uh, Draymond Green, a, a great defensive play uh, made on the Lowry three-pointer. So they had a, what looked like an open shot to win the game, but Draymond Green closed so quickly and got a piece of that ball. So it will Nurse be blamed if they go on to lose this series? Yeah, yeah, he will be. But he's a rookie coach. He made a mistake. I think um, I, I'm not totally mad at the timeout because, uh, uh, again, we see this in sports all the time. Let, okay, yeah, we have them reeling, but let's not – Get ourselves out of control here. Let's slow down. This is a, this is the time to have a kill shot. The the issue I have is that coming out of timeout, you didn't have a kind of school where you could execute and, and score and really make it an eight point deficit. So, uh, but I think going forward, if you look at this series, the emotion of Durant gave them a boost temporarily, and they held on. I, you got to give them a, an immense amount of credit. But looking forward, on emotion, I think they'll be okay for a while. But if Toronto can sustain uh, that barrage at the beginning, or if there's if they prevent a barrage in in the beginning of the game or in the third quarter, or maybe the beginning of the fourth, I think that Toronto it'll be uh, it'll be a game. But here's what I I don't I don't believe Kyle Lowry is the kind of guy that's going to beat you to win a series. I don't believe uh, Fred Van Fleet is that guy. I don't believe in those other parts. The Toronto other parts are nice parts, but I don't believe in those guys. I think Kawhi can get it done and put that dag in you. But then again, if you have to depend on a guy, who's going to be your second guy, your third guy? And I, like I said, I said this before in the last briefcase. Yeah, or maybe I said it on Saturday's show in Houston. Danny Green will jump up and have a game. How many games in a series is he going to have like that? Mark Gasol, how many games in a series is he going to have like that? Fred Van Fleet, how many games in a series? We still looking for, for Siakam. You know, I think he's had two good games, and you can't count on those guys. That's why those guys are role players. They're, they're secondary characters, and they're not superstars. And and you look on the other side, and they're guys, veteran guys, that you thought would step up. But I think clearly you can see now that Golden State has some, some decisions to make in the offseason about Iguodala. I thought he didn't help them on the offensive end at all. Livingston didn't give him much. I thought Jordan Bell was just a total waste in that game. He didn't give him anything. I think uh, DeMarcus Cousins was really, really good. And, and again, they're going to need him. And they're going to need Draymond to hit those shots. If they can protect the basketball, I think from the emotion of it all, I think they can win six and take this to seven and then – We'll see what happens in game seven, but you never know what the psyche is going to be like with these guys who've never won it all. Kawhi will be fine. Kawhi is a, a cyborg. He's, he, like Carl Smith said, he's a cyborg. This guy didn't have feelings, man. This dude is is a ball player, just an amazing player. And he went on that run, and I thought, man, okay, he knows it's the fourth quarter. He's trying to end this thing. So, to his credit, he didn't throw his coach under the bus and say, well, no, we shouldn't have called that timeout. He didn't, he didn't do any of that. He said, hey, I understood what he, you know, what he was doing. 
I'm sure he probably disagrees with it. But again, that team was gassed as well. So I think the nurse took the time out to sort of you know, let's get regroup and, and and provide a kill shot here. Let me talk to you guys so we can set up the last three minutes of this ball game. Didn't work out for them, but Clay and Steph Clay is the, Clay is the killer though. I'm telling you, Clay hits that shot nine times out of ten. He's he's a big money guy. I know Steph doesn't hit as many game enders as you would like, but I'm telling you, man, those guys are amazing. You wonder if they can sustain Steph especially. Man, that that pace that he plays at. But you have a couple days off, and we'll have to see what happens. So moving forward, I will say this will go to game seven. Then anything goes. I thought initially Golden State would win in five. Injuries have been huge. Kevon Looney is another guy. He came back, but he aggravated his injury last night. That is a huge deal. So And they're going to need somebody, Drepko or uh, or McKinney. They're going to need somebody somewhere to uh, cook. They're going to need somebody to step up with them. Iguodala, more than just a big shot at the end of the game. You, we need you to hit some of those mid-range jumpers if you're a Golden State fan. But I think they will get it done. They're not afraid. They've been here before. Now the pressure reverts back to the other guys. Like I said, Kawhi is fine. It's the other guys. Uh, that are the issue. So we'll get your take on that. I uh, I will put that out there, and uh, we'll get into that. With that, want to go to a segment that we call "We the People." For the We the People segment, what we like to do is ask you guys something on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. And uh, usually it's a poll or a question. And my question today was, um, need you guys to be honest, in light of what transpired last night, would you have played Kevin Durant? Here's some of the comments. Well, I'm going to read as many as I I can. Jam Keefe says, We've seen this happen time and time again. The team physician gives the clearance. The player says he feels great. I mean, what other criteria can we use? I agree. That's exactly what I think. Tiffany Skinner says, and happy birthday too, by the way, to Tiffany. Had a birthday yesterday, part of the TFE family. She says, even with him being cleared, I wouldn't have brought him in. I love KD, but he got a bit overzealous. He got a bit overzealous. Um, maybe he did. I mean, obviously, it didn't work out. Uh, my man X, the maestro Xavier Hunter, uh, used to be on uh, KTSU Sports Talk. He says, no, not at all. I would have needed to get a thorough evaluation. Well, I'm sure he got thorough evaluation after thorough evaluation over the last 30 days. Gene Donato, trust but verify. I think doctors turn everyone loose too soon. Always err on the side of caution. They were penny wise and pound foolish. Um, Maybe I think you can say that about Durant. I'm not sure if you can say that about the organization. If he, I don't know, if you don't play him now and you lose last night, then will you always look back and say, well, maybe he could have gone and maybe he would have made the difference. I think if you're the organization knowing that he's a pending free agent and you may lose him anyway, I think, hey, shoot your shot. Orsby Crenshaw, that's my guy. He he says about exactly what I said. He says, he says yes, he's a grown-ass man. He knows his body better than anyone. Chili Bill says, nope. My man Junior said, nope. Lester Jordan checked in. Joe Gordon, a high school buddy of mine, says no. Alan Quincy Randall says no. He didn't cost himself money this summer, but he did cost himself a season next year. Will he be the same player again? That's a fair question. Michael Rubin said, as an owner or a coach who believes that he will leave after the season, I want him out there ASAP. 
being a friend or owner, being a friend or owner that is vested in him and has a commitment from him to resign with the team, I would keep him out. So basically, hey, if you're with the team, you say play him. If you're with Team Durant, you say no. So those are some of the comments. Continue to comment. We'll try to read more of those and get more of your comments throughout so you can be a part of the interactive part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. With that, going to take a brief time out and come back with the second half of the show. Going to talk some Houston Texans. Also going to talk Big Poppy. And we have a Lamont Award to give out. This is Briefcast 27 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, KTSURadio.com, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. All aboard your non-stop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade, each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. A little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. End your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade, exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. Welcome back to Briefcast 27 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And I want to talk briefly here about the Houston Texans. Of course, uh, mandatory mini camps are underway. Uh, Jadavion Clowney is not there, but you know who else isn't there? The general manager, because they don't have one, because they fired Brian Game really quickly on Friday without much fanfare. Don't know what that was about and what it meant. He was only on the job, he signed a five year deal, was on the job 18 months. Now, he was handpicked, or you were led to believe handpicked by Bill O'Brien, who is ruling the Texans organization with an iron fist. And I just, I do not understand what this guy has done that you believe so much in him that you've run off two general managers. Now, the general managers themselves may or may not have been good. I think Rick Smith had some big victories. I thought he had some massive failures as well. Brian Gain, I don't think he's done enough. I thought the 2018 draft was was adequate. It was cool. You had some contributions from the guys on uh, on that team. You may have a, a future All-Pro player in Justin Reed, but I don't know what he would have done to screw this job up so bad, so quickly, and maybe he couldn't negotiate. I mean, look, if you understand the history of the organization, 
it's not like they this has been a massive fail. The free agent market has been a massive fail for them. They've not usually gone big in the free agent market. They, they don't have a lot of head turning names. I mean, yeah, you have your your Ed Reeds that you had uh, join the team and your Tyron Matthew, but you know beyond that, you haven't had. You had a couple other guys. I think Ahmad Green was one back in the day. You didn't have a lot of big name free agents that I can recall. I mean, of course they everything was a joke so i mean they don't have these massive head turning off seasons and that brian gain is not living up to that my first thought what my very first thought was this was something not related to football at all that this was something that we may not ever know about that transpired away from the building in his life somehow and there was a phrase where they talked about how high his character was and you know i don't know it just it just struck me weird and that the timing was what it was and you look at the situation like what what could have gone wrong you let this guy draft these guys you let him sign your free agents or at least agree to terms or, or whatever i don't know I, I don't know what's going on maybe they don't like the way he's handling uh jadavion Clowney, but that's more of a or organizational philosophy. So I don't know what it could be. Maybe he's not, I, don't, I just, I can't imagine what it could be other than maybe he and Bill O'Brien aren't getting along. And I just don't understand why Bill O'Brien, what has he ever done to say, well, this is the guy we want running the organization. And we want him to be our Bill Belichick. We want him to be our Bill Parcells. We want him to be our, our Jimmy Johnson. He's no, he's not that dude. And that's what's so, utterly frustrating about this organization they just why bill o'brien i mean yeah he went 11 to 5 but so did the gm so gm went 11 and 5 they lost in the opening round you know of the the playoffs uh to the indianapolis Colts. they were not going to be better because they didn't have the cap space they didn't have the room to make the moves that that the indianapolis Colts could make and hey, there's not a massive change of quarterback like at jacksonville so i don't know i just don't know what they wanted what happened what went wrong and they're pretty good they have a cone of silence around them so you don't never you never really know what's going on with the organization but i can say this bill o'brien is not that dude and i don't know i i just don't know what he's done to earn all of this respect that we're gonna side with bill o'brien he must do a hell of a meeting. He must run a hell of a meeting with the with the GM and the owners the way they just believe in this dude because I, I just don't see it. I mean, he's a he's a decent coach. I don't think he's the kind of coach we've seen with time management. We've seen him make the same types of mistakes over and over again. He's not. He's just not that guy. And in a way, I worry that he will impede the progress of Deshaun Watson long term. And we'll just have to see. I just don't, I just don't, he's not my guy. I just, I'm sorry. I'm a native Houstonian. I love my city. I'm H-Town to the core. Born here will die here, maybe. I don't know. I don't think I'm moving anywhere. But, I mean, this is where I am. And this is my city. And I, I love everything Houston. But I am not on board with the Texans with this one. I'm not a Bill O'Brien fan. I don't know what they want. They, he got his guy. So I don't know. Maybe Bill uh, Brian Gang got in there and like, well, hey, I got the gig now. I can I can say what's really on my mind. And Bill O'Brien's like, nah, we don't need any of that. I don't need any dissension in this building. Just the way they run things around there, you would think that this is a five-time Super Bowl winning team. And they just, whatever, dude. But nonetheless, we'll keep an eye on what they do 
with the GM position for the Houston Texans. Also, man, prayers up big time for Big Poppy, David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Big Poppy, of course, you know by now, many of you know by now, shot in the Dominican Republic in what looked like a, I mean, obviously it was a, a hit of some sort. It wasn't robbery, and it wasn't just some altercation in a bar. He was sitting there having drinks or he was socializing with his back turned to the street. Somebody rode up behind him and on a motorcycle and shot him. And they caught the guy who was driving the motorcycle, beat him damn near to death. <laughs> I mean, you talk about instant street justice. Kind of like that. I'm, I'm Maybe that's just the the vigilante in me, but I... I kind of like that they beat him. They beat him up and and hurt him and put him in the hospital. And but they didn't catch the second guy. So here's the rumor. Now this is just a rumor. Rumor is he that uh, Big Poppy was having an affair with a drug kingpin's wife, and that was a hit by two police officers. Now I don't I don't know, and I don't know if we'll ever know. But there's a lot going on in the Dominican Republic these days. But Big Poppy was flown back to Boston. Seems like he's going to recover. But he has lost his gallbladder and part of his intestines. It's it's a dangerous deal. And your first instinct is to say, hey, man, why do these guys go back to these countries, these third world countries? But that's, that's where they're from. That's home. So if you tell me I can't go back home, that's a bit of a problem. And also, he's so popular there. Nobody really thought anything would happen to him because he's the icon. It's like nobody is going to rob Michael Jordan. I mean, for the most part, I guess there's always some fool somewhere, but you would think that Michael Jordan could go anywhere and nobody's going to rob him. Well, hey, that's, that's Michael Jordan. Nobody's going to rob Jordan. But uh, same thing with David Ortiz. But I caught on uh, MLB tonight, I caught the comments of um, Pedro Martinez, and which was one of my favorite pitches when he was uh, at the top of his game. And it, it just a really tearful, heartfelt uh, sentiment shared by him about how it's amazing to think that this guy who saves lives through all the things that he does, uh, somebody would want to kill him and end his life. But, hey, the game is wicked, and if these things are true, it's uh, – yeah, it's it's a serious situation, and sometimes guys don't respond well and, and do too much, but it's a dangerous thing, and I don't imagine he'll go back to the Dominican Republic anytime soon, but let's pray for him, and uh, let's hope that he gets well and, and bounces back because, you know, I really enjoy him. He, had a, uh, he has a reality show where he's looking for a job. He seems like the genuine real deal. He, a lot of love from uh, by David Ortiz. I mean, he's just a good, good guy, knows the game of baseball. The people in Boston absolutely love him. He's an icon there, and it was it was really, really uh, heartwarming to see the response of the city of Boston. They, you know, when you go back east, they love their sports figures. And that goes back to what Jalen Rose was saying earlier today. Well, they only love you for what you can do for them. Well, Big Poppy's not playing anymore, and yet the organization flew him on a private jet back home. And the city is is really praying for him and really display a moment of silence at the game. A lot of folks in Boston really want him to pull through, and they're going to take care of him and send him a lot of love and a lot of positive vibes. And he hadn't hit a ball for them in three years. So, you know, he's still beloved in that city for what he did do. So with that, want to also acknowledge and send prayers to the fans, friends, and family of Bushwick Bill from the Ghetto Boys. Bushwick Bill passed away after a brief bout 
with pancreatic cancer, 52 years old. He was he was he was the dude, man. And of course, his uh, bandmate Brad Jordan is running for city council. So Scarface is running for city council here in Houston. He and I went to the same middle school, so we went to uh, we went to school together. So I didn't I mean I didn't hang out with him or know him know him, um, but yeah. And and at the time, by the way. I was the best rapper in the school. I don't think he rapped a lot while we were in middle school, but we see how that went. I'm doing this, and now he'll be a city councilman. <laughs> so congratulations to him. And hey, love Scarface. Hey, I mean, that's H-Town through and through. And I can tell you this, the first time I listened to uh, the Ghetto Boys' whole album, I wanted to go out and, and shoot somebody. They killed 57 people on side eight. <laughs> so that was that was a that was a you talk about gangster rap that was gangster rap but those guys uh and really he has evolved so much and willie d's done a lot for the community uh i mean hey you you gotta love h-town they put us on the map they claim the city when very few did so condolences to the family family friends and uh and fans of bushwick bill of the ghetto boys also tony parker retires and leaving behind a legacy which one of the highest winning percentages ever and uh 18 years in the league and and he's gonna shut it down been playing since he was a little bitty kid he played pro ball in france i think before he ever came here but he he, i mean just a, a tremendous competitor great player and uh hey he we'll be looking at highlights of him for many many years to come so with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award is given to the big dummy, to the team, player, organization, or anybody I see fit that's a big, big dummy. And this time out, look, I have railed against this for a long, long time cupcakes and Capri Suns for everybody. And I know you guys by now have heard this, but I wanted to make sure I went back to this. The spelling bee was recently held the national spelling bee. And not only did they have one winner, not only did they have two winners, they didn't have three winners. They had eight winners. If you have eight winners of anything, no one won. No one won. And I don't, I'm, this is ridiculous. They ran out of words. How do you run out of words? Make up some words. Go pig Latin if you have to. Change up the game. Go eat bunnies. What do you have to do to find a winner? Do an arm wrestling contest. You cannot have eight winners. This, what is wrong with us? Why does everybody have to win? Look, it hurts to lose. But everybody needs to feel the sting of losing so they can fight harder to be the best that they can be. You you won't be the best that you can be if everybody wins. I'm sure there was a guy or girl or young lady, young man in that mix that could have studied a little bit harder and could have gone a little bit further than the seven other competitors. You give out eight, count them eight <laughs> winners. All these, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's silly. And it, there's no winner at all. So the spelling bee, you have one job. This is your job for the whole year. There are a lot of people, I'm sure, getting paid or volunteering or whatever to do one job. To come up with words for the spelling bee. 
How do you not have enough words for the spelling bee? They, I mean, go French, go do something. <laughs> I don't know what you do something. You cannot have eight winners. It's emblematic of what is a problem in our society. No one wants to lose. Everybody wants a trophy. Everybody wants to shine on Instagram. And I've always said this about Instagram. Instagram is not bad for the, the tens, like on a scale of one to 10. If you are 10, you're not hurt or affected by Instagram. If you are a four or below, it doesn't affect you. You know who Instagram hurts? Sevens. If you're a seven, <laughs> people are judging you constantly against tens. So no, it's crazy. Look, you cannot have eight winners. I don't know what the Instagram rant was about, but I'm telling you, you cannot have eight winners. This irks me to no end. And for the Spelling Bee Company or the Spelling Bee Organization, whoever the National Spelling Bee people are, you gave out eight championships to eight. You have eight champions in one year. And for that reason, Spelling Bee, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> With that. Before I let go. Before I let go. Hey, before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, you enjoy it. You know, everything, you can't take me so serious. I don't want any, well, maybe I, I will get some complaints from time to time, but I certainly want to hear what you like, what you don't like. Please comment, hit me up on uh, on Twitter at Wade's Word, W A D E S W O R D, or the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. I have a great time coming to you. I will probably come to you Friday after game six of the NBA Finals, but I want you to keep commenting, keep telling me what you want to hear about, who you want to hear from, because we're going to be doing some more interviews here soon as well. And uh, football season is around the corner, so we'll be football heavy from high school to the NFL and everything in between. We'll talk a lot about uh, the sport of football. Hey, that's my sport anyway. But we'll always have something to talk about. Hit me up and let me know what you want to hear about, who you're rooting for, what you like, what you don't like. And hey, as always, have a great day.